0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational Church, where we believe that faith is a journey. God is good, Jesus saves, and the Spirit leads us toward faith, hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all humanity. Whether you're joining us in our live stream or you're here in the sanctuary, we're thrilled to be together, aren't we? If you are here and you're on the aisle, can you find the friendship register, please? Sign that and pass it along to those in the row with you. That would be great. It's the first Sunday of August, which means a couple of things. We're going to have communion together this morning, and I hope you got one of these. (laughs) If you're at home with us, if you have coffee and a roll, if you have juice and a piece of toast, whatever you have, if you want to share in the sacrament with us, you are invited to do so. So um, for those of you who are holding one of these funny little plastic cups, there have been some questions about how long we're going to do this and when are we going to go back to normal. Well, at least for the summer, you have your little cup. And remember, tutorial, there is a little thin layer on top that releases the wafer and then another layer for the juice. Everybody got that? It's a little tricky. So, always good to have a little reminder, a little tutorial. Uh, Come fall, we will reevaluate how we can do communion safely in our sanctuary. So, also in August, the kids are going to be going back to school later this month, and we have a very exciting announcement. We have hired a new youth pastor. So, Kellen, you can wave. Kellen Lembler is our new youth pastor. We're so thrilled, thrilled, thrilled that you're with us. Later this month, you will get a chance to hear from Kellen and have some time to interact with him in the coffee hour, and I just cannot tell you how thrilled we are to have Kellen. Uh, this morning, we're continuing our summer series, Voices and Vision, and my dear friend Ricardo Tavares is here with us to bring the word. I told him to just go for it, whatever that means. <laughs> so Ricardo is a church planter and the pastor of Vivo Church here in Grand Rapids. He is also the executive director of New City Neighbors, which works with urban kids uh, learning farming and doing discipleship and all kinds of leadership skills. Right? Awesome. So I'm sure you're going to be so excited that also that Ricardo's here with us. So this morning, as per usual, we have some wonderful music. Please welcome Dr. Julia Brown, and she's going to tell us about it.
1: Before I talk about today's music, I thought you would want to know that this coming week, uh, Mayflower and our organ is being featured in an international conference. Uh, The 27th meeting of Brazilian organists uh, in conjunction with the 15th conference of Latin American Organists and Organ Builders meets virtually this week, the 5th and 6th of August, and they asked me to submit a recital, a 45-minute recital, and if you are interested in watching and participating, uh, come find me. I think there's a link (coughs) that you can access either the day of the recital or I think they will put it up on YouTube and you can watch it, but it's wonderful to know that Our church and our organ is out there in the world. And uh, regarding today's music, um, a lot of references to communion, starting with our opening hymn. Uh, I I don't take it lightly picking music that's not in our hymnal. And when I do that, it's for a specific reason. And it's just such a joyful, wonderful um, reminder uh, that when... We take Holy Communion, it unites all of us, all people of God, despite our wandering, our searching, our restlessness, our loneliness, our longing into one family gathered around the table to taste and see the goodness of God, um, written by Sylvia Dunstan. And then Scott will be singing during the offering, um, a a piece that was conceived as an anthem but later uh made its way into several hymnals including our hymnal so come share the lord is in our hymnal number 532 Um, and written in the 1980s brian jeffrey leach wrote both the music and the words and Again, in his words, sharing the Lord's Supper is a response to the burning in our hearts for the love of Christ who makes us one. And the text continues with the statement that this table is open to all. No one is a stranger and everyone belongs. And in addition to that, it's a table where we find forgiveness and where we in turn forgive all wrongs.
0: Thank you, Julia. On an outreach note, an enormous amount of clothes were donated to Eden Ministries. Dozens of enormous boxes. So thank you for those of you who continue to pray for this critical ministry in Doma, Zimbabwe, and for those of you who donated clothing. You'll be hearing a lot more about Edens this fall. We're very excited about some opportunities we have to partner with them ongoing. So keep your ear to the ground for that. On a somber note... Dorothy Britcher passed away last week, and yesterday we had a really beautiful service to honor her life and memory. And Eric and Dorothy have been part of the Salvation Army for many years, and so in that tradition, the service was referred to as her promotion to glory. So please keep the Britcher family in your prayers as they continue to grieve. And I did just find out this morning as well that Jane Hesselschwert, a longtime member of Mayflower has fallen and broken her hip. She has now had surgery and is in the hospital. So please remember, Jane, in your prayers as well. And now let us begin our time of worship together with a reminder that God makes all things new. And our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 78. God commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. God rained down the manna to eat. God gave them the grain of heaven. Mortals ate the bread of angels. God sent food in abundance. They ate and were filled. God gave them what they craved. May we come now and worship the God of abundance and love. Please pray with me. Holy One, we acknowledge our hunger, and we acknowledge that it is not always directed toward you. Today, make us hungry for you and what you care about. Grow our hunger for righteousness, justice, peace, and hope. May we feast at your table, knowing that this is where our hunger is truly satisfied. Amen.
2: morning. Today's reading will be from the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers all came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number, those who were being saved the word of the Lord thanks be to God
3: Good morning. It is a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, my name is Ricardo Tavares. You don't have to roll your R's that way when you pronounce my name. It's all right. You can call me Ricardo. Um, thank you, Ruth, for welcoming me here and to the congregation as well for allowing me to bring God's word this morning. Um I come from En Vivo Church as well as New City Neighbors, and there are some representatives from En Vivo Church who have joined me here today. Why don't you give them a nice little wave? Feel free to harass them after service, ask them all kinds of questions, and um, they'll share with you whatever they'd like from our small community of worship. So the word from Acts 2.42 gives us a good reflection of the church and the beginning Of the church. And I'd like to talk to this scripture or about the scripture in this way. Art, theater, music, philosophy, poetry. Ad fontes is the movement that brings the European world out of the dark ages and into the light. Ad fontes, Latin, and Uh, meaning back to the sources, is a heralding call to return to the wisdom and the enlightenment of ancient Greek and Latin culture. It is a movement from wandering to flourishing, and it emerges as a period of time that we now know as the Renaissance. And this movement back to the sources gifts us Leonardo da Vinci, Miguel de Cervantes, and William Shakespeare, And the movement produces the Mona Lisa with her smoldering smirk, the statue of David, and the Sistine Chapel with Adam and God reaching to and for one another from earth to sky. And speaking of Adam and God, this is the period of time of the Reformation. Martin Luther nails his 95 theses to a door of the church prophetically calling the people of God to turn to the pages of scripture for themselves Against the exploitation of the Roman Catholic Church, which is charging indulgences, making the poor more poor while promising to get them one step closer to paradise. And so as the Anabaptists, Lutheranism and Calvinism begin to rise in response to a Christian hierarchy that is no longer serving the people, the people of God are forced to examine the Bible and their beliefs and to reckon with the question What is the church? What is the vision for what the church is supposed to be? And if we examine the scriptures for ourselves, perhaps we can find the answer or come close to it. What is the church? What is the vision for the church? The scripture we heard just a few moments ago is often credited as the start of the church. And so I think it would be helpful for us to reflect on this passage as we reflect on this question. After Jesus is crucified and risen from the dead, he appears to his disciples. He breaks bread with all of them and reveals himself to be the resurrected Lord. And after spending several days appearing to all the disciples and teaching them, opening their eyes to God's prophetic words fulfilled, Jesus gives his followers some instructions. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. And so they do so. And so the Holy Spirit descends on them, causing them to speak in languages they've never learned, pushing them in confusion to go out into the streets, of the crowded city, and share the gospel like early morning drunkards. And so the people passing through the city for the festival of Pentecost hear Peter deliver the first altar call to repent and be baptized and follow the new way, the way of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen again. And maybe, I don't know, Peter's message might seem like a Billy Graham crusade of sorts. But while it might seem like a mega church planting model with 3,000 people coming to know Christ, there are no flashing lights. There is no stage or fog machine. There are no large screens or wonderful choir. There isn't even a decent children's ministry program to advertise or a youth group with its own set of couches and a pool table. And I'm pretty sure walking into the street of a crowded city looking like a drunk is not part of any church planting strategy that I learned in seminary anyway. And yet God chooses this moment and this method. And these people, 3,000 people, are baptized and become followers of Christ. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit and become known as the people of the way. And the way just seems So simple, almost too simple. They begin by spending time in scriptures and learning from the apostles. They gather together in backyards, kind of like on patios or around dinner tables, eating together, getting to know one another. Several of them from different cultures and life experiences, rich and poor. They hang out. They chill They listen to each other, and they begin to pray for one another. What is the church? What is the vision for the church? It seems like the church has lost its way a little bit, doesn't it? Rather than gathering people to form relationships with one another, we're more concerned about being a part of a church that makes us feel comfortable does the music sound like the kind of songs we want to hear or sing does a sermon suit my style do I feel seen and as we come back from a pandemic well sort of we miss the music the hymn books the pews Maybe the potlucks with three different versions of green bean casserole. We want to be welcomed back into the stone steeples, the ivory towers, the glass cathedrals. And we're eager to get back to what we've lost. So eager that we haven't allowed ourselves to ask the question, is this even the right thing to go back to? Is it even worth going back to? What is the vision for the church going forward? So at In Vivo Church, we had to wrestle and ask ourselves that question. Even prior to the pandemic, our church, our church plant went through some moments where we weren't sure whether or not we were doing the right thing. Trying to gather people together on a Sunday morning, singing the same kind of songs. Do we deliver a sermon or do we dig into scripture in a Bible study method of, of gathering? And some people would leave, some people would come. And just as I was beginning to wonder myself, is this really the church? Is this really the vision for what God has for us? People began to wander in the door people I hadn't met, people I hadn't spoken to, and they would come in saying, I heard this was a place where I would be welcomed. And I have a lot of questions, and I'm just wondering if I can ask them here. Well, come. Come join us. And we began to have breakfast together. We'd sit around tables with coffee, yogurt, bagels, Occasionally some home-baked goods. And people continued to wander in the door. People from broken backgrounds. People from church backgrounds. Those who had been in church for 40 years. Those who had been out of church for 40 years. Young and old. And together we began to look into scripture. Scripture ask ourselves questions, ask the scriptures questions, and build community together. Is this the church? Is this the vision for the church? A couple of years ago in July, on a nice warm day, I believe it was a Thursday, I was invited to come to visit new city neighbors for the first time. And I had read about this ministry online where it talked about teaching kids skills through urban farming, um, doing after-school activities, tutoring, um, all with a faith-based mission of empowering youth. But nothing really prepared me for what I would see when I arrived on the parking lot of Fourth Reformed Church where New City Neighbors had its farm. There, surrounding the church, was three acres of farm. Coneflowers, purple and orange, surrounded the entire acreage. And you could see butterflies and bees floating among the flowers. And before stepping into the building to meet with the staff, I decided I'd wander in the farm just a little bit because it felt like I had just driven out of the city and had stepped into the Garden of Eden, right in my own neighborhood. And so I stepped between the rows of kale and tomatoes and peppers and cabbage and lettuce, Swiss chard, eggplants, and I just sat in awe of what God was doing in this place. And I met the staff and they began to talk to me about their youth program, how they gather high schoolers from the neighborhood, white, black, Latin American, refugees, immigrants, and together they form a collective in the summer where they learn how to dig in the earth with their hands, how they spend time in scripture, praying with each other, encouraging one another, and teaching each other how to be leaders in their own community and build build a holistic model of worship and service. And for some... This was what they would call home. Is this the church? Is this the vision of the church? The amazing thing about this scripture that we read is that all of those who are gathering together are broken people. The disciples themselves are broken and longing to return to the moment where Christ is leading them through Jerusalem and through Israel, healing and delivering people from demons and sicknesses. They're longing for the moment where the kingdom of God would be made manifest completely on earth. And yet, they're trapped in an upper room, Breaking bread together, suffering with one another, and God calls them and launches them forward through the power of the Holy Spirit to begin the mission of the church. And together with those who are hearing the gospel for the first time, those who are being baptized and have no idea what's happening other than God is present, they begin together in their brokenness to suffer with each other and try a different model of community. One that's based on relationships. One that's based on sharing. One that's based on loving each other and simply being the church. The people of God gathered together and they can come together in their brokenness and share and suffer with each other because jesus is the one who is broken for them because christ himself has given up his body and broken and allowed himself to be broken on the cross And even prior to that moment, Christ breaks bread with them and invites them to suffer with Him, saying, this is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat and do this. Do this. Do the brokenness in community, the sharing, the suffering together. In remembrance of me. And so we are receiving that same invitation. The Holy Spirit calls to us and invites us to be a part of the broken people that are coming together and being made whole under the power of God. To suffer together, to pray with each other, to nourish one another. To share in common the hope and the dream of the kingdom of God made manifest here as it is in heaven. And so let us receive that invitation of grace. Let us step into that vision. Let us not return to church as usual, but let us dig deep. And see further beyond to what God is calling us to be as the church. Amen.
0: We, the church, have the opportunity, opportunity to be like the disciples, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread together into prayer. Today we gather in Jesus' name. His love is burning in our hearts like a living flame. What a joy and privilege to be here together in this space of worship, and your generosity enables us to do so. So the ushers will now come to receive this morning's offering.
4: The feast for which we wait. Come take the bread. Come drink the wine. Come the Lord. For he will feed us with his presence here. The bread and wine. and food. he joins us here, he breaks the bread, the Lord who pours the cup is risen from the dead, the one we love the most is now our Take the bread. Come drink the wine. Come share the
0: Our communion liturgy begins with something called the invitation. And this is not an exclusive, thick card that comes in the mail to a party with a dress code and only certain people are invited, right? This invitation is for absolutely everyone. No one is excluded from the table of Christ. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You who come to me shall not hunger. You who who believe in me will never thirst, right? So in company with all who hunger for spiritual food, we come to this table knowing that the risen Christ and the sharing of this life-giving bread is giving us life anew.
3: Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine and bless us, That as we receive them at this table, we may offer you our faith and praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another. And we may continue faithful in all things. Amen. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said... I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God.
0: So Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. He broke it into pieces. And he gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body broken for you. Ministering to you in the name of Christ, we offer the bread.
3: In the same manner, he took the cup and said, this is my blood, which has been poured out for you. Ministering to you in the name of Christ, we share the cup. You have created us, O God, in the image of the one whom we have remembered around this table. You have nourished us with good gifts for our journey ahead. With grateful hearts, we ask your continuing spirit to sustain our daily lives as we follow the light of Christ. Help us to invite people into the fold of your love through Jesus Christ. And now, may we all pray the prayer Jesus taught the disciples.
0: Our Father,
5: who art in heaven, hallowed be thy, name.
3: thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread,
1: and forgive us our debts as we forgive our
3: debtors.
0: What a morning! Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Thank you, Ricardo, for being with us. What an enormous blessing. And for our benediction, we have a challenge and a comfort, right? The challenge. May you leave with a new vision for what this church can be, what the church can be. Can we go back to the act Foundation and grow into the kind of relational people who break bread together and have deep relationships with each other that transforms the world? And may you be comforted knowing that this is possible because the God of love invades every inch of our being, individually and in community. And may you go in peace in the love and knowledge of
5: Christ. Amen.